loyal soldiers in Xeon. So we are certain to be victorious in this war. Buckets and welcome to Scum Talk, the official Fetty Scum Post Show, exclusively for our patrons here at patreon.com slash deadsetmedia. I am your host as always, the White Shadow, and tonight we are joined by Adam, our DM, and Zach. What's up, guys? I'm also here. Hell yeah. And tonight we are here to discuss season two, episode 11 of Fetty Scum. We're going to start off with a recap. We're going to do a little deep dive with Adam and Zach, hit a couple questions and answers from the Patreon, uh, and then have a little sit down with Zach. How's that sound, boys? Does that sound good? Yeah. Sounds good, man. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. On to the recap. All right. In this episode, our crew was loaded onto the ship. They met with their commander and found out that their commander was actually, uh, is he a captain? Uh, yes. Okay, cool, cool. It was actually Captain McCaffrey. Dun, dun, dun. Big reveal. After that, the crew met up with the loosed anchors and uh, despite a little admiration at first, ended up turning into a fist fight. That fist fight was then broken up by none other than Cav Walker making his return. Hell yeah. Back to Fetty Scum. That was actually a really cool. As speaking as a fan, that was a super cool moment. Thanks. Thank oh, yeah. you. <laughs> After that, everyone met up in some meeting room and they all decided to burn their patches and cue the outro music. All right. Now that we're all caught up, I've got to say that episode was super sick. It felt like a big, big payoff. What about Zach for you as a player? How did it feel for you? Did you feel like that was a culmination of something or walk me through it? Oh, yeah. I think it definitely felt like the beginning of something big happening. Um, this is definitely a, a weird place for me as uh, a, a more serious character, I guess. Serious-ish character this uh-huh. season. Yeah. Trying to look after all these other knuckleheads, you know, doing bullshit like Lone Star and Copilot used to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I have this uh, very opposite side of things where, you know, I have this sense of... I guess, like fatherly protection over these younger characters, which, you know, that's definitely a change of pace from the first season where I didn't give a fuck about shit, (laughs) at least for like the first half of the season. (laughs) And we're going to get into that in the sit down. Don't worry, man. I want to hear all about it. That is that is I'm looking forward to diving in deep with you. Uh, But speaking of the deep dive, uh, let's get right into it. I want to I want to address a couple things specifically. First of all, the McCaffrey reveal uh adam yeah why reveal that now uh so uh i mean it was kind of inevitable with the situation uh that i had a plan that eventually they would have to figure it out i had it potentially if if people pressed it or the situation kind of lined up it could have happened with pan because pan also knows who mccaffrey is oh back when they met on right yeah and back when they met on zap five there was this moment where Pan was like, I think I know who you are, but then someone used his name, uh, his fake name, and so Pan decided not to say anything, and then McCaffrey also decided not to say anything. <laughs> um, yeah, nice work. Um, so they both kind of covered for each other in a weird way. Right. Um, but if, if if it was pressed or whatever, they could have potentially found out then, oh. but they didn't, and so this was like the inevitable reveal that had to happen in order to uh, kind of get the uh, second season into its second half, which is going to be, uh, well, the climax of uh, the 0083 Stardust memory. Right, right. So it was like a necessity sort of thing. It was like, okay, it could have mm-hmm. happened earlier, but we're here now. This is what's got to happen. Yes. Right. Hey, yeah. Zach, what was that like? 
when you were in the moment and and Adam delivered that news to you, what did that? What was that like? Oh yeah, that that fucked me up because you know I don't know any of this stuff beforehand, and so I mean, even as a member of the podcast, I'm still very much a fan of a lot of the characters, especially the NPCs. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was kind of a weird mix of like in game and fanboy freaking out. So that was pretty cool. So is it safe to say that? Because uh, I feel the same way, and, and as you guys know. Uh, I'm just listening along like everyone else. Uh, it was a big surprise to me. I didn't pick up on the on the uh, clues at all, although I'm not privy to what happens in the recordings. So let me in. Let me know a little bit. Did you ever suspect that uh, Colonel uh, or com- Captain? What's his name, Adam? His fake name was Keaton. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever suspect he was uh, Captain McCaffrey? No, I definitely didn't suspect that. Um, I was a little suspicious of Cav. At one point, but then something happened that uh, I kind of brushed it off. I was like, no, 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 I can't be it. Right, 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 right. Kind of like the, (laughs) nah, that's that's a little crazy, right? Right. Which is a good sign that Adam had you guys going. That's, uh, I think. uh, Oh, yeah, definitely. I'd like to speak for the audience in this case where it was it was a really sick reveal. Um, Oh, yeah. I, I saw a lot of the Twitter reactions. Where people were freaking out over, especially McCaffrey. Exactly. <laughs> or Cav. Cav, actually. I think Cav was the big one everyone was freaking out about. the Yeah. No, the fact that both of them were in one episode was like, what the hell yeah. is going on, right? And having said that, uh, Adam, tell us, do we have any more of these secret reveals in store? Like, is Rocco Sklint secretly Amaro? <laughs> You know what I mean? No, 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 no. No, um, no spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> yeah, no, no spoilers, but... As far as like big named NPCs, uh, probably not. Um, <laughs> in, in terms of canon characters making appearances, uh, yes, there there will be a few more. Oh, shit, hell yeah! You hear that, patrons? We got more to look forward to. Awesome, sweet. This is already a success. We don't even have to put it out. I feel satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> I'd like to move on now to the loosed anchors. Loosed anchors, yeah. Yeah, that was that was really cool. You know, it's a B team is always fun, whether it's a separate cast or whether it's a group of NPCs. Having a B team to contrast an A team only serves to highlight the A team's positives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hell yeah! Right, I right. Agree. So I want to know, Adam, uh, is there any like archetypical inspiration we can look forward to as the viewer? Is there anything that's like, oh, well, this is like the crew from? Gundam X 0069 or anything like that. Uh, so the loose anchors, I kind of based them just around the, the space anchors. Like I took the actual players and I kind of made like reversals of some of their archetypes. And so yeah. um, you have that older sniper character who is kind of a mad gun. Uh, and there, there's quite a few like that. And hopefully that'll start standing out. Like if we interact with them more individually, you might be able to pick apart the like, oh, they're kind of the tiny of this group. Yeah. Uh, because I kind of wanted it to yeah. echo a bit more that these guys were like picking up the pieces of that unit. Cause you know, military units, they, you know, they keep going, you know, as long as not everyone's wiped out. And, um, you know, not everyone was wiped out. So the right. unit kept going uh, and you got new people um, and the name was eventually changed or modified to be like loosed anchors instead of space mm-hmm. anchors. But um, yeah, no, it's legacy continues. Yeah, I like it. Also wise, they don't really have anything super special. Um, they're, they're all pretty standard, uh, standard affair gems, but a little b- bit more specialized for, uh, you know, special tasks and stuff. So they're not just like, you know, line gems, sword beams, uh, spray beam or bullpup. You know, they have a little bit of extra going on here and there in terms of equipment. Um, but yeah, nothing too crazy, uh, for the era. That's awesome. No, I think we're all excited to see another B team introduced because those characters, in my experience, at least. I've always proven to be some of the best in the series. So really excited to see what the new uh, the B team, the loosed anchors. Although I guess, is it really a B team? It seems like they're all being folded into one unit or am I mistaken? Oh no, it's going to be an A and a B team pretty much. Yep. Okay. 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 Cool, cool. So I think they would take exception to being called the B team. They would insist that they were the A team and that uh, the main characters are the B team. Um, yeah, but... that makes sense. But they don't have, they don't have the true audience perspective. Yes. Never and so, yeah. Story. 
yeah so the other way around is is true for like the audience and the players that they yeah they are like a b team so yeah it is going to be separate uh which means that the um the 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 new team is going to get a chance to kind of name itself uh, in the next few episodes oh, um, instead shit. of just being like uh, instead yeah. of just being Zap Five uh, if they want to be something a little bit a uh, little bit more special than Zap Five. <laughs> That's exciting. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing what uh, what comes out of that. Oh, I'm going to put them all on the spot. I guess Zach's the only one getting a heads up here. Oh yeah, I get I get a moment to think about it. Yeah, Zach, yeah. just play it cool. Don't be heard nothing, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll pretend like I'm coming up with something on the spot later on. Inconspicuous whistle. And then you have the best name ever. Yep. Hell yeah. Well, I don't know. And you know, the thing for me is I would like to use the Capri Sun scale because a character like Capri Sun is either a not a sub character, but not the leader of an A team or they're the leader of a B team. And as far as like my art archetypical knowledge of of anime, uh, feel free to correct me. Mm -hmm. The fact that she's not the de facto leader of that team is like, oh, okay, well, this is your A team, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I get I get what you're saying, Adam. Tell me, uh, as much as you can. I know you can't spoil too much, but this is scum talk. This is exclusive for the patrons. You know what I mean? We're all, all friends right, Come here. on, man. These are our paying customers here. Ah, I see. Bribery. <laughs> yeah, by the way, check us out. Patreon.com slash Media. Join today. Bribery. Uh, hell yeah. Right <laughs> fucking now. There should be no other way that you're hearing this unless it's the first episode that we release uh, for public debate you all. <laughs> But Adam, I'm curious, do we have any more connections to the mobile anchors that we can look forward to in the future? Uh, in this series, um, maybe, maybe some in this series. Uh, in Zeta, yes, awesome. absolutely. Awesome. Uh, Zeta's going to be a big yeah. return, uh, so you definitely do have more things to look forward to. But uh, I want to save those big ones and the big reveals for the proper sequel season uh, of Zeta, as opposed to what this is, which is like a side season, yeah. I guess. It's like an accompanying, you know, mm-hmm. kind of story. Yeah, yeah. No, but definitely. Uh, definitely expect these characters to show up in some capacity in Zeta, though. Oh, that's so awesome. Before we get off the loose anchors, though, Zach, I got to know, since you outrank everyone but Cav, uh, spoiler alert, <laughs> do you, how do you feel about getting ready to boss around some uh, some Adam NPCs? It's a bit of a role reversal. Hell yeah, that's a fun change of pace. It's also interesting to think of the potential rivalry with Cav, this character that in season one, I mm. played a character who, who kind of looked up to and was intimidated by right. this guy. And now I'm looking at him as, you know, his equal. So that'll be interesting to see where that goes. No, hell yeah. I'm excited. Uh, I don't want to step on the uh, the sit down one on one's toes, but I'm really excited to explore <laughs> uh, the difference between Lone Store uh, Lone <laughs> Lone Story. Lone Store. Lone Store. It's the Kmart of Gundam characters. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to step on the, the toes of Lone Star, but it, it is a pretty cool dichotomy you're pulling off here. Hell yeah. But uh, speaking of dichotomies, I've got to ask Adam, Cav yeah. Walker. Yeah. Big reveal. Yeah, Cav Walker. Love that guy. The real <laughs> ones know when they heard about the purple and the black and the gold. We all knew it was Cav. <laughs> Yeah, I gave I gave a pretty solid give a pretty solid hint, but not like anything too crazy. Right, you weren't too overt with it. It could have been homage another character is playing, but uh, for anyone who's not tuned in, Patreon.com/slash Deadset Media, uh, you would know that those are the signature mobile suit colors of Cab Walker. And I've got to be honest That's with right. you, I was a little surprised. He seemed a lot more measured and and mature and almost like he'd grown into his leadership position despite the fact that our community has depicted him as a 45 year old bald man um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> give us some insight into his growth it seems like he's grown or am i wrong let me know oh no he's absolutely grown um he's had time to cool down he's not nearly as much of a hothead and he has some uh, additional war trauma um oh, okay you know, that, with- that's always good yeah, with the yeah, with that's the, what Cav needed was more trauma. was more trauma. Yeah, um, yeah, with the one year war, he had a very bad time with the beginning of it. Yeah. Um, he was a prisoner. He out there in was, Seattle. Uh, 
tortured. Oh yeah, even in Seattle, he was anti MS with his friends. His it didn't go all well. Got fucked up. Yeah, they all died. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I ever revealed this on uh, backstory or not, but Cav used to be part of like a local gang in seattle oh word yeah um they rode motorcycles kind of a kira style gang they they would bust the front of shops and rob shit and drive away um and he was like (laughs) second in command of that and then when the war started they all enlisted okay and that was his friends that's cool shit and then they all died (laughs) and he was taken prisoner and tortured um, which that would have been like, you know, early 20s. He's not that old. I know why. I know that there's like a lot of art of him being a big he older old. guy. Let's I know he sounds, he sounds old, but this old. man, this man chain smokes. He's just yeah, fucking. Yeah, yeah. He, that's what it he is. is. He is going through it and he's a big guy. <laughs> like he, he, he works out. Uh, he's in good shape. Uh, so I can understand why the like the the intimidation factor there makes him feel a lot older. Um, right, right, right. And the that, voice that too. Sense. And you know it's audio fucking medium, so it's like the voice is gonna be is gonna inform like everything about him. Right. Mm-hmm. You get the voice, and you got to paint in your head what this motherfucker yeah. looks like. And he looks. He right. sounds. Well, he sounds like he's on his last leg of life. And and when we meet him in Fetty Scum. You really went oh, all yeah. in with the coughing and whatnot. And I, I tried to play <laughs> Macho Man Randy Savage for 40 minutes and it almost killed me. So it gave me a new newfound respect for you, no doubt. But <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's it, 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 <laughs> it's cool to see a more measured, matured cab coming in and saying, hey, you know, there's a brawl amongst crewmates instead of jumping in. Let me snuff it out. That was I'm going to be honest with you. Not the fact that you gave it away with the colors, right? So not yeah. the fact that Cav was there, but the way he was introduced was like super surprising to me as a listener. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm really glad you you picked up on that because like that was like how I wanted to introduce him to immediately signify that there had been character change with him. Uh, I wanted him to do a thing that you wouldn't expect Calf Walker to do, which is break up a fight. <laughs> Instead right. of being like, yeah, guys, go on. I got the winner. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. It's almost like I'm a super fan, Adam. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what's up? What's up? How do you feel like (laughs) Rocco's uh, relationship with uh, Cav is going to be? Just based off the information you got now. Act like you didn't record an episode uh, between when this is released and when the next one is released. I feel like there's a lot of things going on in Rocco's head about Cav. You know, he definitely has admiration and respect for him. But at the same time, he has this protective nature over um capri's son and he's seeing this other guy take her under his wing and um i don't know if this is a spoiler but uh yeah i think it is a spoiler for this episode probably but, yeah you know Future Dallas yeah, he is, interacts is the wizard. he interacts gone. with her in ways that are questionable ah. to rocco and it makes him a little bit Rocco's you know that protective like side that. is coming out yeah, yeah that is like, hey, what are you shit, doing? Yeah. This is this is my kid. What are you, what are you doing yeah, here? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this could go several different ways, but uh, it seems like there's a little bit of tension building between Rocco and, and Cav, or at least on Rocco's side. Cav might not even be aware of any of this. Cav is the tension maker. Yeah, as a fan, yeah. that's super exciting. <laughs> I got to be honest. From the deference that Lone Star showed Cav, to the idea of Rocco being a much older man and probably much longer tenured at his rank compared to uh, Cav, like that's gonna, I can definitely see a lot of potential there for some interesting dynamics. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm excited about it. But as a veteran player, how does it feel to see, you know, not only McCaffrey, but Cav back? Oh, yeah, it's interesting. And it definitely has a lot of questions going on in my head, especially with the, um, the loosed anchors title. It makes me question okay what happened to the other anchors is this yeah like, is he the last surviving member you know things like that so it's definitely got a lot of questions good questions Zach. good questions <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> like is my other guy dead <laughs> like y'all don't y'all, y- like well we'll, while we're playing like uh well, we cut some stuff off if we get on a super tangent but um I, I, we, they don't get a lot of chances to just ask me questions of like things like that. Like, hey, or right. fucking like, what the fuck's up with that name? Why? Why? Where's Lone Star? Where's Tiny? What's um, happening here? <laughs> uh, so it's good to know that like 
these things that I are prompting the correct questions in the head. That that's good. Good to know. Thank you. Good, good, good. <laughs> no, that's awesome. And that's what that's what we're here to explore, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. As soon as I heard loose anchors, I was like, the fuck. <laughs> All right. So just to finish up, uh, touching on Cav Walker, since we're here, Adam, I've got to ask you straight up. Mm-hmm. man to man creator right. to creator artist to artist look me in my eyes and explain to me what was the thinking between two big reveals in one episode between McCaffrey and Cav that's awesome one was necessary couldn't avoid it and the other one was what I was planning for a while I, I wanted Cav to be introduced in 0083 I wanted him to make his return uh, in the later half uh, but McCaffrey's reveal had to kind of occur before that to some degree. And so it just how it wound up was I needed to do both in one episode. And so I needed to try to make a way of doing both in a kind of interesting way. And so uh, I have Cav have like more of an actual interest. And then I have him just actually slip McCaffrey's name <laughs> just <laughs> uh, while in another yeah. scene, it's being kind of, uh, you know, explained and proper. Um, I thought that was the best way of doing it, uh, even though it was very uh, it was very back to back. But uh, I think I, I, did, I did about as well as I could with uh, that that uh, without either kind of subtracting from the other too much. hundred percent. Um, I couldn't agree more. Uh, but yeah, it was ideally, ideally, I probably would have done it a, an episode apart if 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 i could yeah that makes sense but i i've got to say for the 10 episodes that we had before to lead into episode 11 it was a big it was a big impactful um pivot i feel like and and i feel like mm-hmm. that really really paid off for me as a listener and i'm really excited to see what episode 12 has in store. yeah um but like you, you were talking about the build-up in those 10 episodes uh and this whole season has been about uh, just like with uh, uh, certain parts of season one uh, about kind of emulating a lot of the feel of 0079 this has been about emulating the feel of 0083 and 0083 is filled with conspiracy and lots of questions being asked uh, that kind of don't get answered until the very end. And so I've been trying to emulate that feel of like an ongoing conspiracy with lots of questions that begin to kind of pile on top of one another. And the main characters, the players in this instance, being largely kept in the dark. And that's kind of the goal of the season. Uh, sorry, Zach. sorry in advance you're not meant to know things (laughs) right that's awesome no i think um you know i don't want to speak for the whole audience but if i had to i would say (laughs) that that was a super impactful episode like episode 11 was a big big payoff and and that was really exciting part of that though was the big decision at the end that had to be made with the patch burning Mm-hmm. And and I just want to know real quick, Adam, I, and I don't mean this in any other way, just curiosity. <laughs> it's not a call uh-huh. out. I just uh-huh. want to know you're one of my podcast heroes. You know, you're you're one of the people that inspired okay. me to even get a decent mic. <laughs> so having said that, I've got to know. Is getting away from the official military meant to get you outside the bounds of the UC canon, the Universal Century canon? Or is it just a narrative hook that you like? Um, it's just a narrative hook that I like, but it does free me up. So that's crazy. I didn't expect that answer. Nice. A big issue, <laughs> like not necessarily getting me outside of canon, but a big issue, a big issue that I, I uh-huh. came in with the first Fetty scum. You can't put people on white base. Yeah, I can't put people on white base. Yeah, um, yeah. I can't. If they are in a hierarchy that is the military and they're good boys um, mm-hmm. and th- that follow orders, then I have an issue where the players lack agency. And so right. the issue of the beginning of Fetty Scum was how do I gradually get them to understand that they are in a series of uh, very corrupt, dangerous systems that are ineffective and push them to the edge of that and have them go on their own where they have their own agency. And that would be probably the first 20 episodes of fucking Betty scum. When I figured out how to gradually push them away from the military, um, and get them more and more removed from it in, in, in a, in a slow, gradual pace. Um, that wasn't too drastic this time around. I opted for a very drastic one, specifically one I thought of, of, uh, at least 
dramatically Metal Gear Solid 5 with uh, Zoff and like them taking off patches for a mission that they're doing off the books. Yeah. I was like, okay, that'd be pretty cool. Like this is kind of yeah. a mission off the books kind of deal. And once I had the idea of the patch burning scene, I, I, I retroactively was like, well, let's give Cav all these patches and make a big deal about it and kind of describe it in detail. So, you know, that like this is a man who's been through a lot, who commands a lot of respect now and has a lot of awards and accolades for it. And he is willing for McCaffrey to, without really even being asked, tear off the patches and burn them. It's a man. It's a man who would benefit from the patch but who could give it up and still have the same benefit, at least in the immediate area. Yes. So, yeah, I opted for more of a dramatic turn of, hey, we're outside of the bounds here um, to kind of break away from that. Uh, I mean, to fair to be fair, though, like the whole first mission of them being left on their own and then AE coming and killing them and then mm-hmm. get to them trying to get on the, the Takarabune, uh, all that was trying to like, you know, hey, uh, you're not following orders anymore. Like, you got to get away from that and to encourage agency and amongst the players. Uh, and now we're getting into that again, where like, while they still have superiors over them, they're going to have a large degree of agency on the missions to come. No, that's awesome. I, I kind of picked I, I, I'd like to think that I picked up on that because I've acknowledged that um, although I'm new to the TTRPG scene, it seems like a lot of people want to place their 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 setting or their characters in a scenario which is like already heavily defined. So you have to jump through these crazy hoops to make it work. And so I really I really like the idea of like establishing the fact that these people are military, blah blah blah, right? And then that they forego that to to free you from the bounds of the canon um and the official written history, right? Like I just I don't know. For me that's such a smart move. And I think a lot of people could learn a lot from that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. Zach, I got to know, though. Uh, What's that? Character-wise, Rocco, he, you at least play him pretty fucking old. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Am yeah, I that's correct. correct? I mean, how do you feel about that statement? <laughs> No, I think that's, that's accurate. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he's an old-timer, at least mentally. I mean, he's, I don't know. In his late 40s, maybe? It seems like somebody... He's been in the service for quite a bit. And so I'm just curious... uh, War has aged him, that's for sure. From a performer's perspective, what do you think it looks like for Rocco working outside official, official military bounds? Yeah, I was just thinking about that, how it's so different from season one where you had a ragtag group of mostly youngsters. Even the authorities were kind of new to their position. And no one really seemed to have any problem with rebelling. It's kind of like just what they've always done. Right. It was it was like the status quo. Yeah. Right, right. And then you go to season two where everyone is doing this for the first time. And it, you can feel the weight of the consequences that may come from rebelling. And so, yeah, I think it's it's really cool, too. It's like season two is so drastically different from season one, at least for me in so many ways and this is just one of the major ones i'm I'm very glad i, I want to say this i'm very glad all the players stepped up and made very different characters um 100 yes, emoji definitely 100 yeah. emoji yes it's interesting seeing nihilus and capri like <laughs> after the characters that they were last season yeah um in the back of my mind i was like mm, i hope none of them like played the same exact character <laughs> um everyone flipped under a new name but like everyone kind of almost went to the exact opposite i was like ah oh, yes this is exactly yeah. <laughs> what i wanted this is perfect it's tough for me as a fan because uh although now i am part of dsm shout outs uh as as a fan you grow to expect certain things right like for example if the sun rises every day right (laughs) you kind of expect it to rise the next day right and so when season two came around and there was such a drastic uh not necessarily it wasn't a 180 flip but absolutely like a reshuffling of archetypes of energy of you know positions of you know like what's your role it was a grand reshuffle and that would be like, I feel a really easy opportunity for somebody to slip up or for the group to slip up. 
but it seems like everybody's absolutely stepped up and said, okay, I play catcher now, watch me catch this ball. Oh, I play pitcher now, watch me pitch this ball. Oh, I'm outfield, I'm going to stand <laughs> around and look cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm very proud how everyone adapted, honestly. It's, I'm very impressed. Awesome, Thanks. awesome. Well, I think that's about all I got for the deep dive. Does anyone have anything else that they wanted to further explore in the deep dive segment? Uh, hmm. I feel like uh, with what I set out to do, I have so far been very successful and I hope I can continue to be successful with my plans and wrap up the season how I intend to roughly around episode 20. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Holy shit. We just got a major drop. Oh, my God. That's I couldn't even have planned that. That was so good. Uh so you're trying to wrap things up by episode 20. Uh, they're about, yeah. Maybe a little after with an epilogue. So we've got at least 25 episodes of Fetty Scum left to go. Or sorry, uh, no, excuse me. Uh, 14 uh, more episodes of Fetty Scum left to go. Yeah, around, around there being the max, yeah. Uh, and then it's going to be Zeta. And Zeta's going to be more shaped like the last season where it's going to be really long. Holy shit, scum rags, you heard it here first. That is pretty exciting. Honestly, I, I just heard that for the first time as a fan. I'm not privy to that information. Uh, I'm really excited to see how things are going to end up tying up with our 0083 cast. And the future of Zeta seems wide open to me. And that prospect is very enticing. Believe in the sign. Believe in the sign of Zeta. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. That sounds like it's good for the deep dive from me. Thank you, everyone. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, commercial break. All right, everyone. And welcome back to Scum Talk. We're here with the Q&A. Questions provided to us from our lovely patrons over at patreon.com slash dead set media in the discord. Are you ready? I am. Let's do it. Great. Do it. I need to scroll <laughs> a little bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that many. Oh, no. <laughs> audience. This is a little spoiler alert for you. I had prompted the discord for questions for Adam. Uh, Zach, feel free to kick in whenever you want. All right. You know what? Let me actually propose this first question to the both of you. This comes mm -hmm. from patron Jason. Jason Day Athenrye. You may recognize him from Two Cops, One Case. Certified yeah. genius that he be. He asks, <laughs> who would win in a fight? Lone Star or a greased up Rast Marco with a knife? Ooh, oh shit! That's a dangerous. I thought you were going to greased up anything else, and I was like, gonna be like Lone Star, hands down. But right, that's a dangerous rest, Marco. <laughs> yes, sir. That level of yeah, anxiety, a knife, and greased up. Ooh. That's dangerous territory we're threatening. It's. I think it'd be close, but I want to give the edge to Rast. I think it would end in a steamy tie, if you know what I mean. Oh, I oh, see. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a very likely, that's a very likely outcome. Uh, Adam, mm -hmm. this question is specifically for you. This comes from patron Chris, the sax guy. He wants yeah. to know, what do you have against Fern? Ah, Fern, uh, nothing. He's a friend, so I like hitting him in the dick on occasion. That's a good answer. I like that. This question comes in from Swappy Level 2 on the patron Discord. It says, is the Gundam? If there will even be one, be a Gundam Project Gundam like the Gundam from UC Climax. Uh, reserve the right not to answer in regards to this season. That's what we want to hear. That's what you pay the big bucks for. <laughs> Black Mage <laughs> Alice Muse wants to know how much of the plot is planned in advance versus how much is dealing with player shenanigans. Uh, I I kind of have it boiled down to a pretty good formula now. Uh, I make an outline that's roughly a page long. It's bullet pointed. Uh, it has sections where I literally write in parentheses, allow players to fuck around in parentheses. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it usually goes according to plan most of the time. 
Oh, yeah. We fuck around any chance we get. So Burn says some shit. We'll skip that. Caravansary asks, <laughs> fun question, are all Anaheim electronic employees yuppies who have a taste for Valentino suits and Oliver people's glasses with varying degrees of better haircuts? Or are some of them not psychos? The first um, one. Yeah, no, all of them are psychos. Uh, <laughs> that's at least my opinion. Uh, it's in the job description. I, I am not a, I'm not a fan of AE in canon. <laughs> I don't know if that's controversial or any or not. I um, yeah, no, I think I think all of them are psychos. There's a reason why I picked him to represent them. Uh. <laughs> that's a perfect segue into our next question from uh, de- dearly valued patron Caravansary. Caravansary asks annoying question. Did the sudden realization that you also had to set out 0083 suits delay the mobile suit rules further? Yes. Fair enough. This is a Fern question. I don't know if this is a question directed to Fern or not, but hey, let's just go ahead and do it. We're fucking live. Fern question. Is Nihilus's new type awakening something you find interesting to explore narratively since his awakening was much more violent and sudden than the other ones in the series so far? Or is it just something else used as a death flag to try and kill Fern's character off with? <laughs> uh so um with how the new type system works while like Furin gave me a good narrative backing to it um he had uh rolled a series of double snake eyes on multiple occasions uh that made that number pretty high for him um and so i wanted to uh yeah go ahead and test his awakening the first time he got kind of emotionally uh vulnerable and open and uh yeah it was just a good way of uh good opportunity to do that came in at a good time uh not necessarily a death flag though i will never relent trying to kill Fern. i i absolutely respect that as a last final question, I just need to know, what do you guys think of both of you, Zach, Adam? What do you think okay. of the EFSF, the Earth's Furrin super fans? Despicable organization. Terrorists. You're goddamn right. Radical terrorists. for life. Um, A-fun for go- life. <laughs> let's go ahead and move on to the next section. We're back to have a little sit-down discussion with the sex icon of Deadset Media himself, Zach Amory. Zach, how's it going? What's up, man? It's great to be here. That's awesome. Hey, uh, just to start things off, I want to yeah. address the elephant in the room. All right. Now, Betty Scum Season 1, truly an ensemble performance. Uh, it really took everyone, everyone all hands on deck to make that magic happen in that kitchen. No doubt about it. But, you know, if someone, if you were, if you had to slot people into slots, I don't think it would be too controversial to say that you played the protagonist like character Lone Star. Uh, I wouldn't say that. (laughs) You know, it's like, you know, you don't want to say it, but only one of you got to pilot a Gundam, but it's true. (laughs) (laughs) The truth must be spoken. (laughs) I won't say it, but I won't deny it either. I mean, it's true. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, and we all have our parts to play. Do we not? This is true. This is true. So this season, you've had to change roles up a little bit, bring a little different energy and uh, perspective to the group. Walk me, talk me through that. On one side of it, it's kind of a relief to not try and be the center of the storyline, you know, to be a more of a supporting character. It takes a lot of pressure off of me, but at the same time, I'm a more serious character, which means I have to be paying attention to what Adam's saying. <laughs> so it makes it, you know, it's a trade-off. It's it's a different kind of challenge. Uh with Lone Star. You know, I just let my ADHD run rampant because that's I was just playing myself like just an exaggerated version. Mm, Utilizing the method. Yeah. So if I zoned out and missed what Adam said, I just fucking went with it as Lone Star. I was like, oh, yeah, I wasn't paying attention to McCaffrey or whoever. Yeah. You know, I was just uh, doing my own thing. But then, you know, I, I started to try and reel that in towards the latter half of season one because, you know, Lone Star started to make a development. And no, I think you did a really good job with just. 
talking off air. I think you did a really good job with playing the development out. Like it's, and it's a very natural thing too, right? Being dumbass with your best friend until your best friend gets killed. And then maybe some little yeah. bit of dumbassery is like an escape, but then eventually you got to face reality and you got to make some changes. That's honestly probably what made it so easy to get into this. Cause you know, podcasting was pretty new for all of us at that point when we started Fetty scum. But at first, uh, Dallas and I Lone Star and co-pilot were in a lot of ways, just playing out like us just fucking around in real life, you know? So it wasn't too far removed from just fucking around with your friends and uh, I think that also made it easy to get into the story because you had these scenarios happening to your friends and it was easy to imagine how would you feel if those things really happened to your friends? Like when Copilot died, that was a really, you know, that was a really upsetting moment. I think that really fucked me up. And it also, I think, I think that showed through uh, my acting with Lone Star and I'm not a professional in any way, but, you know, I had a lot of comments from listeners saying that that was a very a very convincing performance. And I think it's just cause I was genuinely upset. So I feel like that was good prep for, you know, this, this second season where Rocco, I actually had in mind this idea of what Lone Star would be like 20 years later. And so I feel like this is a good continuation of that practice of trying to take things a bit more seriously. I mean, obviously my character is not super serious. It's he's as serious as you can be in a dead set media production. Yeah, I would agree with you because Rocco, I mean, I think it's perfectly encapsulated um, when in the last episode, Dallas put the clip here, uh, <laughs> where you uh, you were addressing um, uh, Nihilus and Capri and you're like, what the hell are you guys doing? Can't be fighting. Guys, we're trying to make friends here. Did you do that? All right. You both have some explaining to do after this. And then... Uh, you know, you got to flip the switch when they were like, no, nah, dude, they were they were making fun of Mags. And Rocco goes, uh, well, I think, was, oh, they're making fun of Mags? Right, fuck them. Wait, they were making fun of Mags? Yeah. Yes. Ah, fuck them. Exactly. Good job, guys. Gold stars, gold stars all around. You know what I mean? It's like, definitely, you can see the origin. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, it's like the young person still in there coming out. So that, yeah. that's interesting. I didn't quite look at him like Lone Star aged up 20 years. Uh, and I would be curious how, how Lone Star would hypothetically lose his leg. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean who knows what happened you know since the cliffhanger of the first season he could have who lost many knows? things he could have lost his life for all we know that's true who knows that's true but yeah i mean yeah there's definitely that inner child part of rocco that keeps falling out he you know, he tries to put up these walls and be a more serious character a, a stern leader for his his crew but you know every now and then he he lets his guard down and gets a little stupid, especially when it comes to uh, characters that he cares about. His fatherly instinct comes in and uh, it might cloud his judgment a little bit. And I feel like no spoilers that might um, that might amp up in the next few episodes. I think that fatherly, overly protective nature. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, really, in the end, our true natures will betray us all at one point or another. And I think that's that's good character work. Nice shit. It might cost another leg. Who knows? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before you got to just very much so in character, space out, let your ADD run wild. You kind of like not running rampant, but literally sometimes Lone Star would run rampant, actually. Right. 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 And then you've got, um, you know, Mad Gun and Tiny trying to wrangle them in. Mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. might be basically the same question dressed up a different way, but what's the experience in the moment playing the episode out of now being the one trying to wrangle in the shitheads? I'm starting to ease into it. It's starting to feel natural, but the first few episodes, it was so weird. Like having to try and reel in the voice actors for Tiny Dancer and Naps. It's just, it's really strange. It's got to be surreal. Uh, it's got to be surreal. Yeah. It, I'm used to those two scolding me every time I do something fucked up. But now if, if Rocco fucks up, they, they make it even more fucked up. Yeah. And then I have to be like, whoa, 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 that's too fucked up. I love it. No, I think uh, I speak on behalf of the, uh, the fans when, when I can say it's really cool to get to see you do a different thing, do it, you know, be in a different light. I always like seeing that personally. I wish I could get more like that. If I may have a little admiration, I feel like no matter what character I play, on the critically acclaimed <laughs> hit tabletop RPG variety show, RPG stress test, which you should check out right now. I always end up playing a dumbass. 
Like, I just can't get away from being an idiot. No, I'd say you play very different versions of a dumbass. Though. And they're <laughs> exactly. all very likable. They're all very likable dumbasses. Yeah, I wish I could flex, you know, flex my boundaries a bit more. I got to get like you, boss. Oh, uh, no, I appreciate that. But it's definitely been an exercise. Um, and I mean, that was by choice. I definitely wanted to flip the script with this next season and try mm. something new. Have something force me to flex my acting chops a little bit more. Hell yeah. So yeah, I guess I, I forced myself into that situation. And at first it was a bit uncomfortable, but uh, I think I'm starting to get into it. And especially now that we're doing stress tests regularly, I've been uh, getting a chance to play a new character almost every week. And that's awesome. Yeah, that part is really exciting. I think it's an awesome creative exercise. And, but I think I'm I'm the same as you in that I have a pattern with my stress test characters. Mine mine are uh, <laughs> different levels of disgusting. Disgusting and varying degrees of <laughs> nakedness throughout the adventure. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's always going to be nudity if I'm in it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We, we all have to have our signatures. And that's just a callback to Lone Star, you know. <laughs> I mean, dude. Uh, trust me, if you knew how much I plan on ripping off basically all of your guys' characters, but definitely Lone Star. <laughs> Uh, uh, you, 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 you appreciate be it. suing me for, for identity theft. But <laughs> speaking of signatures, talk to me about the gold stars because God damn it. Do I love <laughs> the gold stars? What a brilliant character I, hook. Talk to me uh, about thanks. that. I think at first it just started off as a gag, but I just kept rolling with it because it feels like a a great way of showing that he's trying to be serious. He's trying to have this mode of authority but at the same time he's still a goofy guy <laughs> and and so i feel like that encapsulates that perfectly just having this gold star thing that he does it's it's fucking awesome if i can just drop the <laughs> formality it. <laughs> it's fucking sweet uh, you, do a good, you. you do a really good job i'll give you that. a gold star for that one man thanks oh, gee, yeah suck it nihilist um <laughs> uh now talk to me about the genesis of that though was there any particular inspiration or did the muses just speak to you? I think the muses just spoke. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. It just, it just felt right in that moment. That's so And in every other moment. So I just kept doing it. That is so badass. That's the way it should be. You know, that's, that's how you know it's true. You ain't forcing nothing. It came to you. Right. And Fetty Scum, I feel like has always been full of those kind of things, you know, just running gags that probably just came to us all at the moment when we first made them. And so I feel like we just need, we needed more of that in, in this next season. And that's definitely one of the ongoing things. Now we just got to get Rocco naked somehow. We, we're going to get there. Uh, and there's, so there's definitely time for Rocco to get naked. And I have faith in you as a performer and a person. So I'm sure you'll get it done. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, no doubt. Speaking of the season though, uh, any, any highlights, any standouts for you? Well, I can't really say that without spoiling because we are one episode in the future from this recording. Tell, so, uh, tell me and that'll give something different Dallas to bleep out and I'll react to it genuinely. <laughs> the part where Nihilus killed Capri, that was crazy. What? No shot. That's crazy. Yeah, man, that was the most impactful for sure. Oh, my Didn't God. Didn't see that coming. That can't be real. <laughs> like, I don't believe you. Uh <laughs> Because if so, I think the fans are going to riot. I'm going to flip my table personally. Um, what do you think about your team, your new team's dynamic? Oh, I like it a lot. I, th I think it's interesting not only being a more serious character in the dynamic, but also seeing the serious characters being more silly. Like seeing uh, Furin take on a role of like a, a lead character, like an upstart wannabe hero. Yeah. And, uh, seeing cat take on a really goofy character you know she's probably the comic relief of this season i think personally i've made no bones about it uh i have not been shy about this i think cat is fucking crushing it oh hell yeah yeah i think this is her this is what she was meant to play as because she always kind of defaults to something similar to this character when we do other projects yes. you know so i think uh this suits her even even better than than tiny did oh I, I i love love what cat is doing with capri what a cool character we're gonna explore that more with her when we do the sit down interview with her but i got a lot of thoughts about capri and i need answers we're not here to talk about that we're here to talk about who do you think would win in a fight 
Rusty or Rocco? Oh shit! Well, Rusty's got uh, got Nuke on his side, so okay. So what about can't what do about anything without Nuke? Without so. Nuke? Oh, there is no without Nuke. That doesn't happen. <laughs> All right, fair, true. That's true. That is very true. They are one. <laughs> we are Nuke. Uh, There's just no universe where that's a thing. <laughs> They're always together. Uh, sweet. So I'm, am I to assume then? By all means, that Rocco would probably be getting his ass kicked. And I mean, and and Rocco's a bit older, you know. Look, I wouldn't put anybody above Nuke. I'd put maybe the quad nut up against Nuke. But other I mean, than you're, that, you're, you've got one leg versus six legs. <laughs> versus it's, six. It's, it's like the, he's easily outnumbered. He's, he's, I'm outnumbered. <laughs> you have anything you'd like to say about this uh, season or anything like that so far? Any general thoughts you want to let the people know about? I will say that um, I'm really excited about where it's about to go. This last episode we just recorded was a very pivotal moment for the season. So I think a lot of crazy stuff is about to unfold. So if oh, you're not listening snap. to season two, you guys need to get on it. That's right. Zach, I know Adam doesn't give away all the secrets or whatever. He wants you guys to experience the moments that are in store authentically and naturally. Am I right or, am I, or do I have it twisted? Oh, no, you got it right. He likes to keep us in the dark all the time. Cool. So then I don't even think you could spoil much, uh, even if you wanted to. Having said that, I need your opinions, your thoughts, your predictions on what's going to be going down moving forward. All right. Let's see. My prediction, I think uh, I think Cav and Rocco are probably going to have it out with one another. Oh, either uh, violently or romantically you never know <laughs> they might just have to bang it out yeah so one way or another <laughs> nice nice i definitely think that rocco's gonna get naked again <laughs> you're gonna make it happen i believe it's, it's gonna happen a, one way or another yeah, it's not an if it's a win buddy <laughs> all right god damn that was a good conversation i want to thank zach for coming on to the show the inaugural episode and hanging out with me thank you zach thank you for having me let people know what other things you're working on and where they can find them all right yeah we've got several different podcasts music all kinds of shit like we said earlier this is a media empire in the making yeah um, just check out our website www.deadsetmedia.com or just check us out on Pretty much anywhere you you look at stuff on the internet, just search Deadset Media and we're there. Absolutely. And that's going to be it for the inaugural episode of Scum Talk, Betty Scum Season 2, Episode 11. Now, we're putting this one out for everybody because we want you to know what we got going on here. But moving forward, this is going to be a Patreon exclusive, so you know what to do. Thank you again, everyone, for coming out. Don't forget to check out the next episode of Fetty Scum this Tuesday and then Friday exclusively on Patreon.com slash Media. We'll have the Scum Talk where we're going over the episode. We're going to take a deep dive into it, and we might even sit down with another guest. Who the hell knows? I'll see you, Scum Buckets, then. I've been the White Shadow. You've been the Patreon audience, and we're out in this war! Dead media. Okay.